there's 25 steps for that first visit to get to their prescription. 25 um, different points where where they engage with the healthcare system and they have the experience. Hi, I'm Marianne Bohr with Hims. In this episode, we're sitting down with Dr. Christine Perales, Global HLS Lead Digital Health for Quantify, and Rahul Gatte, Head of Worldwide Partner Development for Healthcare and Life Sciences Data Analytics with Amazon Web Services. Today, we'll be talking about how healthcare organizations can create positive patient experiences by bridging siloed data across the patient journey. And before we start, I'd like to say thank you to Quantify and Amazon Web Services for sponsoring this podcast. First question is for both of y'all. How does personalization transform a patient's journey? The pandemic showed us a lot about this uh, and accelerated a lot of the activity that um, was happening across health and life science um, and made us and uh, realized that an individual uh, has many factors around them that impact um, their health and well-being. And those factors, if they're identified, for example, as we know, social determinants of health, but also behavioral and even environment and, and transportation, how does that impact their health and well-being? Those are very important markers that help us better service that, that patient or individual um, in healthcare. Yeah, and I'll say that uh, the patient journey typically starts much before their actual interaction with a healthcare provider. A lot of times it starts with a Google search, right? So they they, ha- they are having symptoms and, and they want to look it up and then it continues through that process. Then they want to find a provider or a physician. They need to understand their financial obligations. Then they need to get an appointment, prepare for the appointment. And then there's a check-in process depending on the nature of the provider that they are meeting with, right? And then they actually receive care. And then even after receiving care, they have to handle payments, schedule follow-ups, pharmacy, labs, and so on. And and really personalization can improve each of these interactions all the way from the beginning and until the, the whole process, at least for that, uh, that episode ends. So personalization can, you know, uh, improve the timing, the, the way the content is delivered to patients for better decision making, the the design of those interactions, the call to action, all of that can be better uh, throughout that journey. And and it it applies both for in-person interactions as well as for virtual touch points. So personalization overall is critical in the entire patient journey. Now, again, this question is for both of you. What are some of the main personalization gaps that you're seeing today? One of the major ones that we're seeing today is around social determinants of health, and and that's tied in also to the behavior. Those two areas um, are relatively new in the delivery of care and understanding the patient journey. But now we know that those are issues. how do we overcome them and how do we utilize them to better serve the population and better serve the individual? Um, and that's where AI and ML come in to support 
that process of saying this is these are the factors around this individual that'll lead them to success and and health and well-being and for us to better provide the services that we need to provide to that individual to assist them through their uh, care continuum and, and their health journey um, so those two areas tied together it's almost like one unit of uh, impacting uh, the health and well-being of that individual and their journey through the healthcare system. And I would add to that from my viewpoint, right? I, I really see three big gaps uh, or challenges, but the most important one in my from my viewpoint is the data gap. I very often see healthcare organizations leaving a lot of their data assets on the table and not really properly using them for improving the patient experience. So data is the biggest challenge. Obviously, they have complex systems, legacy systems. Data is in different formats. It's difficult to get to. So I see a tremendous opportunity for healthcare organizations to, you know, even the ones that have good intent to use their data in a much better holistic way to impact the patient journey from from, uh, the start to the the end. So that is one, one big one. And the second one, I would say, uh, you know, just the variances in personas and the variances in context of care, that's always a challenge. So, for example, if you have a if you have a millennial in the maternity ward expecting a baby, right, that's a very different context than the same person going for an ER visit after a sports injury. So being able to tailor communications based on context in care or, or based on personas, right, the millennial Communication with a millennial is going to be very different from communicating with a baby boomer, for example. That could be the same individual having those two different experiences and encounters. How do you communicate and service that individual in those two instances, one having a baby and then the other one having a sports injury? Absolutely. And then and then finally, the third challenge is a combination of cultural considerations. You know, some some organizations are better at doing this than others. You know, some are very conservative. And there's always administrative burden, competing priorities, and finally regulatory constraints, security and privacy concerns. So all of those are are very valid factors that have to be considered. There are solutions for everything, but I would say those are the three main categories of challenges that 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 create these personalization gaps today. Okay, that leads right to my next question. Um, could you tell us how are Quantify and Amazon Web Services? using data to improve those patient outcomes and wellness. Touching on the point that Raul made, we we identify that as as one of the major gaps. The first step is uh, democratization of data, is uh, the collection of all that data surrounding the patient uh, through their patient journey and what data is needed by the health professional to better service that person. Um, that's our member 360 is, is giving that 360 view of that individual, including behavior, even, even weather can impact how they access care, healthcare equity, all the factors related for that individual using the example that Raul just made, you know, the individual might be a female and reproductive age. She had a baby, but she's also a runner and came to the ER because she sprained her ankle or fell, right? 
how do how do I use that identification that we have and the personalization for that particular individual and those situations and those two situations? And then from a population base, how do I aggregate all that information um, as a, a health provider or payer and and define the services and the staffing that I need to service that population based on on what I'm getting from the information of the all that aggregated data of the personalized care. So there's there's two factors on on how we're looking at this. We're looking at this at the individual layer, and we're looking at this at the organizational layer. And we're not just limiting it to uh, the human factor. We're also um, including in that everything surrounding the individual, including social, social listening. Yeah, and I would I would say the best way to talk about this is by giving a real customer example. And one of my favorite ones is MedStar Health. So MedStar Health is the largest not-for-profit healthcare provider in the Maryland and Washington, D.C. area. So their challenge was that they had a total of 102, an unbelievable 102 different websites that touched the patient in different ways. So it was creating an overall suboptimal patient experience, unacceptable load times, and a lot of abundant searches. So MedStar, they were able to combine those 102 websites into a single data-driven destination on AWS. Data-driven is very important. Okay, so a single destination and their long-term plan is to offer a full range of mobile, social, and web-based services that transform the patient experience, all data-driven on AWS. So MedStar now offers patients a much more streamlined way to search for doctors, services, locations, make appointments, and they have publicly stated that their monthly operations costs declined by more than 40% and downtime of these web properties declined by 95%. So great example of how, an, of how a healthcare organization can, can go from their current state and really take that holistic data-driven view of, for improving patient experience and actually execute it in quick time. Fantastic. Now, Rahul, this next question is for you. How are data security and confidentiality concerns being addressed? That's a great question. Anytime you talk about personalization, data security and confidentiality always comes up. It's a, it's a very important topic to address upfront. So at AWS, we take a very comprehensive approach to both data security and privacy. So AWS supports I would say more security standards and compliance certifications than any other equivalent offering. And, and that includes things like PCI, DSS, HIPAA, HITECH, FedRAMP, GDPR, FIPS 140, NIST 800-171. So all these uh, compliance certifications, you know, helping customer, customers satisfy compliance requirements for just about every uh, regulatory agency worldwide. At the latest count that I'm aware of, I would say we have about 135 services that are HIPAA eligible and about 137 that are certified for high trust. Now, specific to FedRAMP, AWS has, you know, we have our GovCloud, which has been granted a joint authorization board provisional authority to operate or ATO and multiple agency authorizations for high impact level. So uh, in addition to that, our U.S. East-West region has been granted 
authority to operate for moderate impact level. So I want to say that, you know, from an overall privacy and security standpoint, even in the government, about 2,000 different government agencies and entities that provide services or systems integration to these government agencies worldwide are using uh, AWS today. And we're talking about this because um, in in the patient journey, the, the individual might work for a government, might be a contractor that works for a government, might be military health, and some payers um, are, are, are looking in the patient journey, those patients and those members that need that high-level security that Raul just mentioned. And then I'll say that security compliance, privacy, right? So there is a, we have our shared responsibility model between AWS and the the end customer. And really what this shared responsibility model does is that it helps relieve the customer's operational burden because AWS manages and controls the components such as the host operating system and virtualization and physical security and, and so on. And then the customer assumes responsibility for managing the guest operating system and and the software that they are running. So in the shared responsibility model, AWS takes on ownership for security of the cloud, while the customer is responsible for the security in the cloud, which which are the areas that that they control. And there are a host of services that AWS uh, offers that tackle areas like identity and access management, network monitoring, protection of infrastructure, and, and so on. So all in all, I would I would leave it at say by saying that we cover privacy and security comprehensively to make sure that personalization you know, initiatives within healthcare organizations they can be deployed with confidence. Wonderful. Now, Dr. Perales, this question's for you. What latest technology integrations and patient support capabilities are possible here? The advancement in technology, especially in digital, um, has really enabled um, uh, being able to to have a personalized care model uh, for the patient journey. The patient journey really has, from the point that the like like Ru was mentioning, from the point that the 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 person feels sick, to the point that they they find receive treatment and and uh, move forward from from getting their prescription and and their follow-up cares there's 25 steps for that first visit to get to their prescription 25 um, different points where where they engage with the healthcare system and they have the experience what can be brought in from this is we can bring AI and ml into this to better um, engage with with that individual to to assist them through that journey and cut the number of of interfaces that they have to do and and bring them to to that particular entity in digital so for example if they don't have to go to the doctor's office right because it has to be a physical visit we can enable a virtual care model for that particular person if they live in a rural community, how do they access it and enable um, remote access through through telehealth? Being able to get the results uh, through through a portal, finding better services through a portal, 
that's personalized to them because when they log in with with their profile, um, the system knows what exactly that they, you know, their preferences, preferences, their diagnosis, uh, their location where they live, um, and the best way, the behavior that they have with healthcare. It might be that this is a difficult to serve individual. So, so the communication and the engagement is different uh, from the entity, the organization, be it a payer or provider. It also provides data on how to better engage with patients in their community, how to better deliver care for a specific uh, type of individual. So bringing in um, the analytics to and dashboardings to do that. Um, and that's that's a very valuable thing where where you can bring in through the process um, many different um, digital solutions to tie into this and to decrease that amount of of contact and steps that the person needs to go through uh, to receive care. Okay, fantastic. Uh, this uh, next question is for both of you. Are there any suggestions you would give to a company? that's planning or implementing digital personalization? And how does that enable corporate wellness? So I would say my main advice is in most healthcare organizations, data is not being fully leveraged to improve the patient experience and personalization. So my advice is invest in the 360 degree view of data. Free up your data assets create data liquidity. So even if you are sitting on data assets where you don't immediately know what use case it can support, chances are that when you make the data available through the 360 degree view, you're gonna see a lot of users for that data in, in meaningful ways. So invest in that 360 degree view. There are so many different data sets, right? So there is structured data sets, unstructured data, streaming data, it, it is way beyond just clinical and claims data at this point. There are so many other data sets that payers, providers, and life sciences organizations can use, right? And they enable all kinds of different applications, or at least they enhance, they have an amplification effect on digital engagement. So whether you are talking about the digital friend door or hospital at home, or improving the check-in process or improving the call center experience, all of these touch points can be improved by that 360 degree data. So invest in that. It's a it's 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 really a good good area to focus on. Many many healthcare organiz organizations have already started this journey. Just just take it to completion in in the right way. Yeah, and from from our point of view, understanding uh, that that is an issue. Uh, we call it democratization of data is getting all the data points and, and everything that you need. Right. Um, and, and, and bringing all of that data and identifying all of that data. And then the next level from that is uh, knowledge graphs. Uh, where does this data lie? What is the relationship between this data? What is the content of that data? And then that, the next level is the 360 where we bring in another layer, which is behavior and specific information about the individual. So, so it's not a, 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 a full blast and you do it in one, you can, you can step into it by, by looking at how you're going to go into this because it, it can be overwhelming for 
an organization that has not started down this path saying, you know, listening to say, oh, you're going to bring all these data points. There are processes and that's how we help our customers and with AWS to, to um, take them through their journey on getting to this personalized care model. Now, this, uh, this next question is for both of you. How can the industry realize business value and investment return? In this area of patient experience, personalization, and, and data-driven personalization, most healthcare and life sciences organizations, they, have, they, have, they are convinced already. Now it's a matter of how, how, can, they, how can they practically execute. But if, but if you are looking for specific ROI, the you know it is it is very clear so if you are if you are a payer uh, or a provider organization you can expect improved retention you can expect more referrals uh, better lifetime value if you are a if you are a payer uh, your risk adjustment is going to improve it's going to become more predictable because now you're using more data more data is available at, at for you at your disposal if you are in the Medicare Advantage space, then your star ratings are going to improve. That's going to translate to improved CMS reimbursements. Uh, your, you know, out of out of network care and out of pocket costs uh, are going to be lower. From a health equity standpoint, your health equity initiatives can be supported by by the 360 degree data. Customer service, the number of complaints, appeals, and grievances that area is going to be improved, and obviously quality of care and clinical outcomes as well. So there are so many different ways that this can benefit uh, a payer or a provider or, or even a life sciences organization that uh, quantifying the ROI is, is, you know, most organizations are at a point where that is, that is not that difficult to do. It's really a matter of figuring out how to, how to actually execute uh, in a step-by-step manner and, and actually reaching those outcomes. Yeah, and, and, and as a brand, you know, um, we're thinking as as the personalized care, just the the person, the patient, right? But there's care stakeholders. So the care stakeholders, they're the ones who are going to be um, interjecting and, and communicating with the healthcare system or the payer. They get very frustrated um, when when they have to repeat things multiple times and and have to go through through many different loops to to get a system by getting the personalized care that in, that increases the brand and it also increases the market wanting to come to that healthcare system or getting that particular um, payer. Um, so, so it, it also works at, at uh, in increasing the level of brand awareness and brand loyalty, uh, and that translates to a higher ROI because you have an increase of new patients w- or members as well as retention of the ones that you have. And let's talk about the clinical side of it. By facilitating uh, personalized care, all you can also retain and recruit a better network of providers. You know, that leads kind of into my next question, which is, uh, why is uh, creating a 360-degree view of a patient essential? It is important to think about patients or members as a whole person. 
and and not look at them in the context of a specific interaction or a, or a specific episode so the 360 degree view is going to allow organizations to do that looking at people as as whole whole persons and when you do that then you don't need to build one off applications that that touch the patient or the member you can think much more holistically and impact their experience end to end and it's going to drastically improve the chances uh, to get them better engaged in taking care of their own health so that is really the the main value of that 360 degree view yeah and and from the administrative point of it right the operational point of it um you know it gives the organization and um be it a payer or provider or pay provider gives them a a clear view of you know staffing scheduling services locations um uh how to better engage with with that uh patient to get better outcomes so so it is extremely important even to the point of operations right um and and scheduling so so it's not just the individual getting benefit it's also the organization to and we're we're going into a time we're getting closer to where um we have uh information that we're going to have a shortage of healthcare professionals in parallel to having a silver tsunami coming in um so this this will address that issue uh from both ends from the individual and from the organization and how to handle that fantastic now is there anything else either one of you would like to add before we close today we have been talking about this 360 degree patient or member data the one thing to remember is that when you deploy data 360 degree data in this way it can it creates this self sustaining loop for better digital engagement of members and patients you start with the data you you free it up you democratize it you create that liquidity that's going to lead to better personalization in in patient interactions more automation that leads to better engagement right and when you have better patient engagement then you you measure that and then and then you 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 use even more data so it kind of it creates this loop and as as christine said it cre- it it has the snowball effect you start small but then it it grows bigger over time and it becomes a self sustaining initiative so that would be uh, the the key takeaway uh, from from today's dialogue yeah and, and in closing what i'd like to say is once this is implemented a big piece that can be brought on to this um to personalized uh data is then we can start tapping into precision medicine and bringing in the uh, the genomics piece of it um and then we can even personalize it further uh by by using the omics and do clinomics where is taking all this clinical data and and the genomics data and better servicing that individual uh based off of that information or pharmacogenomics uh better prescriptions to 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 the patient or or um member base so you know it doesn't just stop here there's still an infinite amount of uh things that can happen once this is implemented right um but i think the next step would be uh bringing in that all that that uh genetic data and being able to to better even uh pinpoint uh the personalization of that individual 
sounds like a lot of exciting possibilities for that. Dr. Perales, Raul, thank you both so much for joining us today and for your insights. And a special thanks to Quantify Amazon Web Services for sponsoring this podcast. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.